Welcome to Engineering Success. I'm your host, Jamie Hutton, and in each episode, we'll bring you an influential and inspiring guest from the world of engineering and construction. Sharing fascinating insights into their career journeys, we'll explore the challenges they face, how they keep motivated, and what the future holds for them. Speaking candidly about the engineering and construction industries, we'll find out what's made these successful people successful. We'll also have special featured guests who share their stories of success, talking about the attributes and mindset you need to succeed. This is Engineering Success. Hi everybody and welcome to episode number 19 with our very special guest, Michelle Richardson. Michelle is a Senior Project Manager at Property Alliance Group in Manchester. Having always known she wanted to work in construction, Michelle started out life wanting to be an architect. While studying for her BA in Architecture, she soon realised that she would be much better placed for her career in project management, having realised her organisational and communication skills were stronger than her creative design skills. Having completed her degree in Architecture, she embarked on studying part-time for a postgraduate diploma in project management after securing her first role as an assistant project manager with a consultancy firm in Leeds. Over the past 18 years, Michelle has worked for a number of large international consultancy firms, including Arcadis, Mace and Deloitte in their project management teams. In addition to this, Michelle has worked as an operations director for a small construction company and is now a senior project manager with a large property developer in Manchester and is responsible for over £150 million worth of construction works in and around Manchester. Having worked for the client, contractor and consultancy, Michelle has an excellent understanding of the design and construction process throughout the life cycle of a project and an accurate understanding of how to interpret the client's needs. Michelle's leadership style is to work together in partnership in an open and honest relationship with a focus on developing the team. Her aim is to ensure that she delivers all projects on time on or below budget with zero health and safety accidents or incidents in order to build successful, trusted client relationships. Hi Michelle and welcome to Engineering Success. Hi Jamie, thanks for having me. Great to have you on the podcast. Can we start with um, how you became involved in the construction industry? So uh, growing up, my dad is a builder, was a builder till he retired a couple of years ago. And so I've always grown up with um, construction plans and drawings being around the house when my dad would be pricing things up and I'd happily go along with him to work on weekends and summer holidays to see what he was doing. So yeah. I've always had an interest in construction from that, my dad being my biggest inspiration. And I think that then rolled on into growing up being more interested in playing with Lego than Barbies <laughs> yeah. and so always wanted to be building little towns and cities and, yeah, yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. And then I guess at school, knowing that I wanted to work in construction like my dad and I went to a girls school which was 
quite academic and was kind of given the options of well really only architecture right, that was yeah. what my careers teacher had said yeah and I was good at art-ish and I was good at um, CDT so right. I took that A level yeah so I thought yeah that's fine we'll, we'll go and become an architect and then things soon changed when I realized I was not the best architect <laughs> really yeah and I didn't right. want to be in something that I was mundane at, yeah, I wanted yeah, yeah. to go and excel yes. in something. Yeah. So I was told at university that I was very bossy, right. which I'm happy about, and uh, <laughs> also very organised and great at communication and people skills. Yeah. So my second year uni tutor, uh, a lady called Jackie, had suggested that I go and talk to somebody in the project management team right. um, in that, that department and talk about maybe doing a postgraduate diploma or a master's degree. Yeah. And then it all stemmed from there. Right, yeah. yeah. So when you first set out on your journey, did you aspire to be responsible for managing multi-million pound projects or is that something that, that's just really developed? Um, a tough one, I guess. When I first started out, I was working for a fairly small uh, practice consultancy in Leeds who yeah. were part of a national organisation. Right. And the projects we did were, I guess, the small millions. We did a lot of retail, we did a lot of uh, leisure projects. Yeah. And so they were around about maybe eight, nine million pounds. New, t- new Asda stores were around about 15 million. So right. that's what I started doing. Yeah. And then gradually things came about where I was working on much bigger projects. So within two years of being an assistant project manager was managing a national rollout program for ASDA that was worth 35 million right, pounds. Okay, yeah. Kind of fell into that. Yeah. Was one of four project managers, and then um, the ASDA team said, "Actually, we need one of the four to spearhead this project because we need everybody to do it in the sa- same in all the regions." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was the youngest by far and the only female, right. and they chose me to manage these three other guys and tell them what to do. <laughs> so it yeah. felt very strange to be in charge of something that was so huge. Yeah. across such a huge area of the country and being in charge of 35 million pounds worth of work <laughs> that had to be delivered by a certain deadline yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so that was pretty cool so what challenges do you face then on a, a weekly or, or a monthly basis well i guess it all there's three things on a project time cost and quality so yeah. the challenges are always around those three uh, elements so it can be anything from we find an obstruction in the ground and we need to go and deal with it it's always the unforeseen. So yeah. I might go into work on a Monday morning with a nice list of things that I want to get done that day, that week, and then there'll be some curveball spanner thrown <laughs> in the works, and I'll get yeah. a phone call from a contractor, and it's literally down tools, get in the car, go to site, yeah, sit yeah. around a table and work things out. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I love about my job is that you really have to be good at problem solving yeah. and working yeah, yeah. within a team. Yeah. yeah. So what would your number one piece of advice be for somebody starting a career in construction? Oh, gosh. Um... Probably talk to as many people as you can. So I think that's one of the things I remember doing when I started out as an assistant project manager. Yeah. Um, just I asked so many questions and I would sit in meetings and I would write down the things that I didn't understand. Yeah, yeah, and I wasn't yeah. ashamed or shy to go to somebody and say, actually, what does this abbreviation mean? Or yeah. what does that terminology mean? And then I would go away and do my own research into it. And I think it was just about when Google had been invented. So it was quite useful, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, what did we do before Google? <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I would say ask questions and, and get involved in stuff as well. So networking, I found, was really important. Yeah. So the people that I networked with at such a junior level at the time, back in the early 2000s, are now key players within the industry. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. It's, it's been great to follow each other's careers and offer advice and support through the way. So Yeah, yeah. 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 So how do you think we can infuse the next generation of talent uh, into the engineering uh, engineering and construction industry 
Well, it's something that's very close to my heart. I work with a local school in Salford High School, and I yeah. go in there and I try and uh, link careers with um, their with sorry curriculum and careers with uh, construction companies and otherwise. Right. Um, and I think the problem we've got is that kids of all ages, including primary school, think that the construction industry is dirty, unsafe, yeah. and that the jobs are not very well paid. Yeah, yeah. And it's the kind of thing that you do that maybe if you're not very academic, yeah. you push down that more um, apprenticeship route. Yeah. So I think it's trying to change the mindset that actually it's a really vibrant place to work. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of fun whilst doing quite difficult work. Yeah. And we do get paid quite handsomely, even whether, whether you're a tradie <laughs> or whether you're you're working in an office or you're working at client level yeah um but i think it's still perceived as being kind of a substandard job really yeah, which yeah. it totally isn't obviously no no so why do you feel there's been a skill shortage within the construction industry that very reason i think it is definitely yeah. that very reason yeah I, I honestly think that schools don't push apprenticeships maybe they are changing the tack now because obviously yeah. um university education is so expensive yeah. and there is that modern apprenticeship route now where companies will pay for students to go through university yeah. but i do think it is because uh, students have got this perception in their mind that going to learn to be a brickie or a joiner etc is something for people that don't get the right GCSE yeah, results yeah, yeah. which is just ridiculous yeah. and also because they don't maybe realise that there are such a wide range of careers out there so when I was at school I was only really told about architecture when really if I'd have known about civil engineering yes. I probably would have been a civil engineer yeah, because yeah. I love concrete yeah. um, <laughs> everyone always laughs when I say that um, but so yeah I, I think it is getting that careers message out there that there is probably a hundred if not more different careers within yeah. construction that need a wide range of people yeah to be involved yeah, i think you're right when people think about construction they think about a man on site and that's that's yeah, only 50 percent of the oh, workforce probably not even it? that i yeah. would say yeah, yeah. and it isn't about being on site in a muddy field no because there's such a different sort of form of construction nowadays yeah, with yeah, technology yeah. changing yeah. and modular construction becoming prevalent yeah um so yeah we do need to change that image so do you feel that construction can better promote itself uh, yeah i don't think we're very good at it to be fair right. and um we we seem to be very good at promoting from within yeah but i don't think we do enough to promote externally yeah. and i i don't know what the answer is if i'm honest i, I don't know how to solve that celebrating problem. big projects maybe because we don't celebrate well, big projects like we maybe did in the 60s you know when buildings were opened by yeah, celebrities oh, i totally agree with like that, that yeah know? i mean we celebrate by having great awards dinners yeah. and we pat each other on the back yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. great and it's yeah. a, it's great to reward teams that have worked so hard for years and years and years on delivering yeah. projects but you're right you don't see anything on Northwestern Eye or ITV no, right. saying, wow, look at this £80 million pound building that's just opened. Maybe hospitals, some schools yeah, maybe man- yeah. managed to get yeah, a, yeah. a bit of a look in. Yeah. But there, there could be more, definitely, to yeah. say. Yeah, because it creates more awareness, doesn't it? Well, totally. To and everybody. It, yeah, and it's great for um, regeneration. And yeah. it's not just about well, let's, we've all just made a load of money, etc. But we've made a change to the place that we live, work and play. Yeah. And I think that as a part of a community needs to be celebrated more. Yeah, 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 definitely, yeah. So do you feel that construction is doing enough to promote diversity and inclusion uh, industry-wide? Yes, 
Yeah, I mean, it's definitely changed a lot in the 18 years that I've worked in the industry. Um, I don't think I remember anything about diversity and inclusion when I started out in 2002. Um, And it's good to see that it's not just the big construction companies or big consultancy firms that are promoting diversity. I used to work for a um, small construction company and they did just that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so... So what attributes do you feel are needed for a career in construction? Uh, Definitely have to be a team player. Yeah. Yeah, because as a project manager, I'm responsible for a team of probably well over 40 different kind of people. Yeah, yeah. And to be able to manage all those people, you've got to be good at teamwork. Yeah. And hand in hand with that comes communication. Yeah. You can't just sit behind a desk and hide and not answer the phone and (laughs) not be able to send the odd email and write reports and stuff. So communication is definitely key. Yeah. And then, like we said before, problem solving. Yeah. You've got to have that mindset to be able to drop everything go and help out on site, go and sit around a meeting table and look at drawings and come up with a solution. Yeah, yeah. Um, you can't just rely on everybody else to do it. You've, yeah. yeah. So do you feel soft thing. skills are, be, are becoming more important in construction? Mm. Like, previously, they weren't really important, weren't they? Yeah. You, know, you just got on, didn't you? <laughs> and there was that old, like... Um, well, I guess the more women that come into construction, and, and maybe I'm generalising here, but we are natural nurturers. Yeah, yeah, so that yeah. soft skill has been brought in and we're, we're quite good at bringing on teams, etc. Yeah. But yeah, soft skills definitely important. And it, I think it can sometimes help just soften the mood in meetings as well. Because yeah. I remember at the start of my career, there was two guys sat across the table, like literally coming to blows, like shouting and screaming at each other, egos t- totally in the way. Yeah. And I was just sitting there thinking, what are we actually achieving here? Yeah, that's if right, you just yeah. took the level down yeah. and maybe talked to each other like human beings, then yeah. you might achieve a bit yeah, more. Yeah, that's right. But I wasn't brave enough to say anything at the time, <laughs> but I'm definitely brave, brave enough, enough now. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> so what are the biggest challenges ahead for the construction industry, do you see? So skill shortage that we mentioned before, yeah. and um, we definitely need to do something about that if we're going to continue to grow our industry at the rate that it is growing. Yeah. Um, but also adapting to technological advances as well. Yeah. Um, we have quite an aging construction population, yeah. who maybe not too keen on change and whatnot, um, but there's been great advancement in materials on site and also uh, construction methodologies and techniques and stuff so i think it's about educating the existing construction workforce but also making sure that the training given to the next generation of workforce sort of takes all that on board yeah 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 so have you had any mentors that have helped you um and continue to help you along your journey yeah, I've, I've been really lucky. My, most of my mentors have been um, my line managers. Yeah. So Sarah Woofenden, who was my first ever boss, taught me everything that I needed to know. <laughs> right. uh, and another guy who definitely deserves a mention is Barry Crichton, right. who um, we had like a brother-sister boss uh, colleague relationship and yeah. he was amazing as well right. so they're kind of guessing formal mentors and yeah, yeah. I have been through formal mentoring schemes right. too yeah. and then I think we're lucky in this industry that everyone is so approachable and friendly that on an informal basis you can pick up the phone and say yeah oh yeah, hey yeah. can I just bounce this idea off you like yeah. what do you think about this or how would you approach that um and I have made loads of friends like genuine yeah. out of work friends within yes. the industry yeah and so it is great to be able to just go for a glass of wine or a coffee and say <laughs> like can I just like pick your brains on this because I'm not quite sure how I'm yeah. gonna like get through this yeah yeah so. like lifelong mentors aren't oh they? totally yeah. definitely. And, and you will do the same for them mm. won't you oh you know? yeah so yeah. it works both ways definitely doesn't it? yeah yeah so we know it's important to continually develop ourselves. 
How do you continually develop yourself? Um, I like to try and go to as many sort of CPD events as possible. Right. So um, whether it's different consultancies who've got, I don't know, a new strategy or thought on something in the market. So, And they're also good to go and network with yeah, other yeah, yeah. Um, personnel yeah. within the yeah. industry. So that's always quite cool. Um, I am a bit of a geek and like to read the odd industry magazine <laughs> to see what's going on yeah. with maybe competitors or right. see what's out there in yeah. terms of new buildings, etc. Um, and I'm also just about to start a postgraduate diploma in interior design, oh, okay. which I'm really lucky that the company that I work for, Property Alliance Group, have agreed to uh, fund right. just to add another string to my bow and something that we can then offer in-house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, good stuff. So what are the biggest changes that you've seen in construction over the last five years? Definitely technological advances, yeah. whether that's materials or construction techniques. Um, definitely interested in seeing how modular construction is going to change the construction yeah, yeah, industry. Yeah. So in Manchester especially, we've seen a lot of that with Urban Splash. Right. Um, they've got some great developments on, on site. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm really keen on on seeing how that develops and changes and helps us deliver the shortfall in housing. Yeah, yeah. Because it leads on to my next question is how do you see the construction industry changing in the next five <laughs> to ten years? Well, yeah, so tech, definitely. Yeah. We yeah, will yeah. have to start embracing technology. Yeah. Um, it's happened in every other industry that manufactures and makes things. And that's what we do in construction. We make things. Yeah. And so if, if there's anything that can make construction quicker, safer, cheaper, yeah. then we should start looking at that definitely. Yeah. I remember seeing a YouTube video not long ago about... Um, a house that had been 3D printed out of yeah, concrete. I saw that one. Yeah, yeah. I saw that. yeah. And I it was amazing, and wasn't it? This yeah. whole house frame, I mean, it's only a single story bungalow um, because I don't know how it'd work going much higher. But I did think that just it blew my mind, to yeah. be honest. Yeah, I thought, yeah. if you can build that in less than three hours, yeah. what else can you do yeah. with this kind of technology? So, do you think that, you know, like the modern methods of construction, um, obviously it's getting a lot of press at the minute. Do you think it is going to be embraced? fully or do you think it's going to be a slow burner because you know it's one of those yeah isn't it? well i think there will be some resistance to change yeah, as um, there always is exactly yeah um but i think once people realize the benefits yeah. they'll start to harness it yeah especially because once one company starts investing yeah everyone else will want to do the same because they don't want to be behind the curve do you think that's a difficult sell to the general public though as in housing and stuff like that, because people still see modular as a porter cabin box. Oh, sort of yeah, thing, and it's yeah. not like that at all, not is it? Not at all. I mean, you know? gosh, some of the modular construction projects that I've seen, you wouldn't even tell from looking no. from the outside. No, no. Definitely not. Yeah. They look beautiful, and yeah. the finish you get internally. Yeah. And not to mention that, it's the um, ecological benefits too. Yeah. So, yeah, like, yeah. sustainability. Like, some of these um, modular houses, like, beat passive house uh, standards so in terms of air tightness and yeah. heat loss and whatnot so you're bringing your energy bills down and also saving the planet from co2 wastage so yeah. i think that's the probably the sell that we would have to put yes. to the general public who yeah, aren't yeah. educated in yeah. the construction techniques etc right, no. is that yes it benefits us because we can build stuff quicker but actually for you as the occupier yeah here are the benefits in terms of cost saving yeah, sustainability yeah. etc because people are quite traditional aren't they you know, yeah. bricks and mortar, people like yeah. that, don't they? They're comfortable with it, you know, they know it, mm. you know, so... But it was funny because I was in, in school the other day and was talking about careers in STEM, science, technology, engineering and maths. Yeah. And I'd said to this group of 15-year-olds, my grandma, who passed away last year, it was 90 
And yeah. in her lifetime, she'd gone from living in a house that had no electricity, no telephone, yeah. to being able to FaceTime me when I was in New Zealand. <laughs> yeah. Like, if you think about the technological changes that have happened over one person's lifetime, yeah, yeah. and most of that really has happened in the last 20 or 30 years, yes, then imagine what's going to happen in the next 20 or 30 years. Yeah. And these kids were just like, oh, my God, I'd not even thought no, of that. No, it's no. Like they, yeah. they had this little light bulb moment. Yeah. That, yeah life is going to change and everyone's going to have to get on board because yeah. it will move at a much quicker speed yeah, from yeah. now on. Yeah. 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 So a final question is, uh, what does the future hold for you? Um, I've got some really big projects on site at the minute that I've got to del uh, deliver over the next 18 months. Right. Um, so oxygen towers, uh, 80 odd million pounds. It's the biggest project I've ever worked on. Right. It's my absolute baby at the minute. And <laughs> I can't wait to see that develop and complete yeah. and hand the keys over to people to move in and enjoy living yeah, there. Yeah. And like I mentioned before, I'm starting my postgraduate diploma in interior design. And yeah. I'm really excited about that and seeing where that might take me personally, but also within the business as well. Yeah, yeah. 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 Michelle, that's it. Thank you very much no for your problem. time. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Cheers. Okay, thank you so much for listening to episode number 19 of Engineering Success with the brilliant Michelle Richardson. It was great to meet Michelle. She is truly passionate about engineering and construction and takes time out of her very busy life to visit local schools to help inspire the next generation into these sectors. Michelle's enthusiasm and energy for the industry was immediately obvious when I met her and having ambassadors like Michelle sharing their experiences and love for their careers will definitely help young people to take a closer look at engineering and construction as a career choice for them. If you enjoyed this episode of the show, I'd love for you to share it with someone you feel would benefit from listening to it. You can share it on Instagram or Twitter, and please leave a comment or a rating if you can. You can also subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. We've got more great guests lined up. So, until the next time, have a great week and I hope you succeed in all you do.